Brain Thrive Podcast, episode 110, a business intensive with Judy Carlson of Boulder Creek Soapworks. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name is Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. Hey Thriver, Jess here for another episode of the Create and Thrive podcast. It's awesome to have you with me as always. And uh, I'm just about to fly to the UK. We're leaving in just a day or two for our trip over there. So we, uh, our house sitter's arriving today and we should be getting everything sorted. Last little bits of work, including finishing off this podcast and getting it ready to go out to you lovely people out there. Uh, this week, I'm doing a little bit of a behind the scenes episode. So in my membership community, the Thriver Circle, once a month, we do a live call. And as part of that live call, I do what I call business intensives. So these business intensives, I do up to two each month. And they're a chance for one of the members of the circle or two of the members of the circle to nominate themselves for a one-on-one session working with me. And what they do is they put in a, a, there's a questionnaire. So they write their answers to that where I, you know, ask pertinent questions about their business and the things that they need uh, help with and the things that they're doing well as well. And then for around half an hour-ish, a bit longer sometimes, uh, we have a chat one-to-one about their business and all the other members of the circle who are participating in the call are also there and this is important because you'll probably hear me refer to them so how it works is uh, I'm talking to the person I'm doing the business intensive with but everybody attending the call can hear us and we've got a live thread in our membership group our Facebook group so we've got a thread in there where people who are listening in can participate so write comments questions and stuff like that so when I'm running the business intensive, I'm, I check in on there and, you know, anyone who has really great comments or questions or um, suggestions for the person who I'm talking to, that all happens as well. So it's not just me helping them out. It's also the other members of the circle helping them out with their business. So it's a really great opportunity to get some focused attention and try to kind of work through some problems that, you know, that you might be having or they might be having and get some support and sometimes even get some new brand new ideas of things that they might not have even thought about before. So it's really fun and it's really useful uh, targeted help. Uh, and I thought, why sh- why not just put it, one of these on the podcast and let you guys have a listen to it and see what it's actually like to be a part of that, to to have a business intensive. And not only that, but Every time we do one, everyone else always get always gains stuff. Everybody always learns stuff from these, even if it's not the person I'm talking to, the people participating in hearing. Because, you know, we're all in similar boats. Even though we might make different things, we come up across, against similar challenges, similar questions. So, yeah, it's really always super helpful for the people listening as, as much as the person I'm working with. So this week, that's exactly what I'm doing. I got in touch with someone who actually a couple of people there might be some more of these in future I'm planning on it Uh, a couple of people who I've done business intensive with in the past and just gone hey would you be happy for me to share this on the podcast and thankfully they said yes so this week's business intensive is with Judy Carlson and she has a business called Boulder Creek Soapworks in Colorado in the United States she makes beautiful soap and bath bombs and body products and stuff like that so this business intensive 
is with me and Judy talking about her business how uh, and we have a few key points that we cover but you'll hear me talk about that the questionnaire that she submitted and it's a really great uh, business intensive I really enjoyed it so I'm hoping you enjoy kind of the peek behind the scenes of one of the aspects of the Thriver Circle and that you perhaps learn some useful tips from this episode as well so let's get started and uh, share this business intensive between me and Judy Hello, you're live. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm so glad you could make it. Yeah, me too. And, um, no, no, not at all. Okay, good. No, you sound great to me. Awesome. So, Judy is, I believe you're one of our new members, aren't you, Judy? Yeah, very new. Brand new. <laughs> well, welcome to the circle, and I'm glad Thanks. you put yourself out there to come on the call. I really appreciate that. And for those who don't know you, I know you've popped up a bit in the circle, but for those who don't know you, could you just briefly introduce yourself and your business and then we'll dive into your intensive. Okay. My name is Judy Carlson. I live in Boulder, Colorado. My business is Boulder Creek Soapworks and it's still, I think, in the very young stages. Um, I'm not selling on in stores mm-hmm. Etsy, and I've done some in person. I've had people over for what I call soap in houses, <laughs> come over to my house and buy soap. But I'm really looking to actually make some money doing this because I have, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, more money going out than coming in. Yeah, yeah, and that's stressful. And not where we want to be, obviously, in the long run. <laughs> no. no. So how? So you, your Etsy shop, I believe. Let me just bring that up. Uh, you've been there since 2011. Have you been doing mm-hmm. the same thing since then, or have you been doing it soon earlier than that? Or well, um, I converted my Etsy shop to soap not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Before I was selling crocheted stuffed animals on that right. site. And um, and I still sell a few crocheted animals on there. And mm-hmm. uh, I started making soap in, in 2012, and it was a couple of years after that that I started getting more serious about selling it. Yeah. Well, yeah, just look, I mean, looking through your sold items, I can see pretty far back it's all, it's all soap. Yeah. And you've got, you've got, you're coming up to 500 sales on Etsy, which is exciting. I like milestones. Oh, what is, what is that? <laughs> you're up to 471,000 Etsy. Oh. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> so I was just looking at your Etsy shop, which looks lovely, by the way. Um, oh, I know you. you you asked a little bit a while back about your logo, and I, I really like on your shop how you've got, um, you know, the little BCS um, logo thing happening and the cute little label that you have. I think it's really nice. So, oh, yeah. great, great. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's um, do you mind if I share what you wrote on your uh, questionnaire with everyone? Oh, please, please do. Okay, awesome. All right, so let's start at the top. Uh, Your main goal for the next six months, increase sales and get your name out there more. Awesome. Uh, And you're thinking about exploring wholesaling consignment and markets a little bit more. Another idea you had was subscription box. Basically, you want to get some steady money coming in and start to be able to be paying yourself. Right, right. So how far do you feel, and you don't have to talk numbers, you can if you want to, but there's no okay. pressure, how far away from being able to pay yourself 
do you feel you are? Like, is it kind of, you can see it coming or it just feels like it's a mile away? It feels like it's a mile away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. 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 So really the, the business is generally still in the red then. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. since I've started keeping track with QuickBooks connected to yep. Etsy. And I've mm -hmm. been putting things in. It's like, oh, eGads. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. That definitely is a scary thing, but it's a very important thing. So I'm really oh, yeah. glad to hear that you're doing that because there's no point in hiding our head in the sand about these things. We need to know what the numbers are so we know what we're aiming for. So have you done the maths on how much you need to be selling each week, month, or year to be earning the amount of money you need to be earning? Well, um, there's this um, web page called Modern Soap Making. Mm -hmm. The woman who owns it, she has a bunch of helpful calculators. I did one. I punched in how much I'm selling the soap for, approximately how much it takes to make it. Mm -hmm. And it came out that I need to sell infinity bars per month. <laughs> so, that was not good. That's slightly excessive, uh, infinity, definitely. Oh, we don't, we yeah. don't want to be going um, So let's have a look at you know your pricing at this point in time. Um, you know, your your bars are selling for six US dollars, mm -hmm. bath bombs for four US dollars, you've got some soap for ten US dollars there, um and some smaller bars for two fifty. So how does that sort of pricing compare to if you were to work walk into a department store and look at the quality soaps that were being sold there? Oh goodness. Um I'm, I probably have to look online. Um, mm -hmm. I know my soaps are more expensive than what you find on the shelf at Whole Foods or natural um, stores, but they mm -hmm. have a little bit larger volume <laughs> that they're selling yep. with. Um, it's been a while since I've been into Lush. Mm -hmm. I think they sell their soaps for quite a bit. <laughs> yes. They do, and they're you know we have Lush in Australia. They're a multinational, very yeah. successful corporation. So I guess my point that I was trying to get out there is you can sell them for more if you you know if you position yourself right because people you know businesses do sell soaps for a lot more. Now I understand with something like soap, one of the difficulties is shipping because it is heavy. Mm -hmm. So it, obviously it costs you a bit of money to ship it. Um, do you sell outside of America? Um, yeah, I have my Etsy um, settings to uh, worldwide. Excellent, um, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're open to the market. You know, people are happy to pay for it. They'll pay for it sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, But I think with something like, you know, a larger or a heavier product, what you're saying here about wholesale slash consignment and markets is probably a really good idea because you mm -hmm. can sell in bulk. And by selling, yeah. you know, selling in bulk, you're you're getting that money in um, in a bigger chunk, rather than yeah. relying just for now on the the one to one customer sales. Because your products do have a low price point, it's more yeah. difficult to be turning a profit than items that have a higher price point. Um, one thing that came to mind, and I I haven't looked through your entire shop in detail, but do you do bundles? Um. Not yet. You mean like buy three, get yes. whatever? Yeah. Uh, no, no. I would highly recommend that you do that ASAP 
because as okay. as a as a person who has bought a lot of handmade soap in my life, okay, okay. I I pretty much always go for a bundle because I want to try a couple of different ones, and bundles you know make them a dollar or so ch- a little bit cheaper than buying um, the all of the bits individually. So definitely do like no no less than three, um, and the sh- combined shipping as well. Obviously, it it's a good way to upsell. You know, to get okay. people buying more in one transaction rather than just buying one soap bar, they they'll buy multiple soap bars. Um, so I think that would be a really good thing to do on your online store. Okay. Another really good thing, and again, coming from someone who's bought a lot of handmade soap over the years, is one of my one of my not so it's not a guilty pleasure. I, I yeah. bloody love it. So there you go. It's <laughs> one of my indulgences. How about that? That's um, excellent. <laughs> do you have sample sets? Mm. No, sample sets that people can buy, like little, yeah, so get little chips of each soap. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, say one soap bar you could divide into, I don't know, four or five pieces and put a sample of a different, a whole like five different of them together and sell that as a little sampler. Because for someone like me, I'm, I'm all about the smell of my soap oh, yeah. and candles. Yeah, candles is my other thing. So for me, the opportunity to buy a sample set and actually have the chance, and and you can you can offer um in like a set sample, so these five cents, or a sample set of choose your five, you know, yeah. or whatever they are. For someone like me, that's like oh well, at a lower price, I can try a range of them and see which ones I really like, and then potentially come back and buy more. Great idea. So that's another way to get people in the door. Um, at a lower, you know, a lower price point, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot cheaper for them to buy a sampler set um, and then come back later and only get the ones they really like, rather than, you know, potentially wasting or, you know, everybody has their own particular sense they like and sense they don't like. So right. it's a really good way for people to test out the, the stuff and test out the quality as well of your soap and mm-hmm. you know how it actually lathers and feels for them. So yeah, I would I would recommend that would be another great thing to do as well. All right, I'm writing these things down. Good. <laughs> now I got to be distracted because you know my my particular love is online sales, so that's kind of where my brain goes. But coming back yeah. to the wholesaling consignment issue, do you have any experience with wholesaling or consignment at this stage, or is it something you're just starting with? Uh, just starting. I've mm-hmm. read a little bit about it, but I, I know you, it's good to have contracts for both. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. yeah, excuse me, I'm just drinking a cup of tea. Um, yeah, it's really important to have the terms and conditions in place, your terms and conditions in place for what, you, um, what you're what you providing. So uh, getting that, uh, like you need a, a terms and conditions document and a line sheet, uh, often the two things are combined. But, you know, that just covers stuff like how much they need to order, like what's the minimum quantity and is it by bar or is it by by price? You know, they need to order a minimum of $100 worth of stock, for example, and that's wholesale price, not retail price. Um, yeah. And you need to have, you know, what happens if the package is damaged and who's responsible, uh, how much is it going to cost them in shipping, um, how long after they order are you going to be sending the, the products, all of that sort of stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, just if you Google it, you'll see lots of examples. So getting that document together and then 
the next step is really the research. Like, do you have some shops in mind that you would be interested in getting stocked in already, or is that something you need to look into? I have um, a friend um, not too far away, maybe an hour away or so. Uh, she's interested in, in buying some of my soaps wholesale. Mm-hmm. And I have another friend in Denver who's interested in um, having some of my soaps in her shop on consignment. But, okay. Yeah, I, they're not really, really close friends, more acquaintances, but mm-hmm. still, I want contacts and I want to figure out what would be worth it. Heck yes. Well, look, I'm also just experimenting when it, it starts out. It sounds like you've got a couple of people interested, which is fantastic. So definitely roll with it. Like do, like I said, do that bit of research. Decide what you're happy with. Um, you know, with the consignment, what's the what's the percentage split going to be? Like with wholesale, it's generally 50%. You know, they, they yeah. buy half your retail price. But consignment, mm-hmm. it can be 60, 40 or, or something else. So you need to be clear on that and you need to yeah. be clear on... Um, how often they're going to pay you and how they're going to pay you. Like, do they pay you monthly or, you know, that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. And then once you're, you know, once you've kind of decided on that, you can you can move forward. But, you know, come from a place of, of firmness. You know, don't just kind of go, oh, take my stuff. And, oh, and, gosh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, so, that, that's kind of what the gal in Denver wants me to do. Oh, just, right. Yeah, try it out. She wants to go 50-50 for consignment. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a bit mm, um, yeah. not so great. So just counter-offer and say 60-40 and see what she says. You know? I was thinking 70-30 and then she might counter-offer 60-40. <laughs> yeah, you could, they could uh, yeah, <laughs> classic, classic negotiation technique there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, and go for it and see what happens. Like, what's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work out or it doesn't work out now and it works out in the future or you find someone else to work with. So, yeah, trying it, I think trying out, um, you know, consignment and wholesale. Wholesale is obviously in some ways better because you're getting paid up front rather than producing stock and letting it potentially languish. But sometimes it can work really well. And so it's, it's worth trying for you and see what works. So I highly recommend that. Um, Subscription boxes, I think, for you is an awesome idea because, again, you can offer smaller sample Mm -hmm. sizes um, and then, you know, you will probably... um, you will probably make a loss potentially, but the idea is that um, they'll fall in love with your product and then come and buy them, you know, the the, the whole shebang. So that's, that's really important to remember when you're doing um especially if it's a really like a big subscription box that could be like someone else's subscription Uh box if it's your own that's a different story if you want to do like a soap of the month club or something like that i think also a great idea yeah yeah Um, thinking somebody else's box yeah (laughs) (laughs) cool okay all right so let's what are you on for time okay let's move on so the number one thing you said you're struggling with is your daily routine and organization. So tell me what's going on there. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I need a lot of sleep. I'm usually in bed 10 hours, and not all mm-hmm. of that is sleeping. That would be lovely if that were the case. Um, so a lot of times I'm lying awake. I usually, my current routine, I get up about 1030 in the morning. I sat around for... <laughs> 
<laughs> what feels like a couple hours <laughs> on the computer um, around one or two, I kind of feel like I'm getting going to do something. Mm-hmm. I'm more of an evening exerciser, yep. but all day I feel sort of like, oh, God, I just, yeah, like I feel like I'm going to be blonde till I exercise, but trying to get myself to exercise in the morning, oh, my, but I don't know. It's just, yep. Yeah, it's the whole thing. Okay, so I am also someone who needs a lot of sleep, so I totally, I'm like nine hours a night minimum, so I totally get yes. where you're coming from. Yes. Otherwise, I'm I'm useless. I don't know, slow metabolism. I don't know what it is, but it's just the yeah. way I've always been, and there's no point in fighting it. Um, so, so it sounds to me you don't have a morning routine, like an actual positive morning routine. In yeah, place. not a good one. If you have a morning routine, not not anything that really serves me very well. Okay. Yeah. And when you say exercise, what sort of exercise are you talking about? Oh. Um, stationary bike or swimming mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, go for a walk. Uh, okay. I used to do yoga, but my feet started bothering me. But, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So what do you, when it comes to exercise, what's, like, the least effort, most enjoyable exercise that you do? Oh, goodness. Um, oh. oh, biking or uh, mm-hmm. walking is the easiest. All yeah. you have to do is put your shoes on, really. Yeah, well, that my suggestion obviously is go for a ten minute walk in the morning. Like, just yeah. commit to that. Just like I'm just going to go outside for ten minutes, meander around, come back in, and you'll be surprised how often you'll end up going for longer because you're like, oh, it's nice out here, or you know, yeah. whatever. In the so, morning, yeah, before yeah. breakfast. <laughs> sure, whatever, whatever works for you. <laughs> I don't eat breakfast, so I can't, I can't come on in that. But yeah. <laughs> I'm one, those, I'm one of those weird people who doesn't eat till midday because I'm never hungry in the morning. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, whatever works for you. But basically, if you haven't already, I've got a whole podcast episode on morning routine. I have listened listen to it. Good. Very impressive. <laughs> listen to it again. <laughs> yes, yes. And just just think, okay, and do the visualization. What would my ideal morning be? And don't try to make it. This is the key. Don't make it what you think it should be, right? I used to do that. I used to go, I should get up straight away at like 6 o'clock in the morning because being a morning person is good, right? Um, And I should go exercise straight away. Nah, okay? But it doesn't work for me. It just makes me tired and awful. So I just eventually realized that the best thing to do was roll with what works. So... Now I wake up at 7.30, I stay in bed for an hour reading and drinking a cup of coffee because I need that time to wake up because my brain just does not turn on. Then I get up and exercise and that feels great because I'm awake now and I'm actually enjoying it rather than feel like I'm dragging myself out of bed and onto my elliptical or doing my yoga or whatever. And, you know, I've just learnt to go with what my natural rhythms are and that, you know, there is no, there's no medal for being a, a morning person or getting up early. Like, it doesn't matter. It makes no difference whether you get up at 6 a.m. or whether you get up at 10 a.m. All that matters is what you do with your day. So definitely find a routine that works for you, you know, that feels right, but that also allows you to do the things that wake you up and make you feel good. And if that's going for a walk, if that's getting on the bike, if that's whatever, yoga or meditation, whatever else it is, uh, for you, 
then yeah, just try it out and always start with a small amount of something. Like don't commit to going for a half an hour bike ride straight up. You know, do say I'm going to do a 10 minute ride every morning this week at this time or whatever and see what happens and build from there. That would be my advice because you're absolutely right in that if you if you don't have an, a morning a positive morning routine, you just float along and then suddenly it's like five o'clock and you're like, what the heck have I done with my day? <laughs> exactly. Familiar. Yeah. yeah. And also having working hours. Like do you have actual working hours? Oh um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> do you do you feel that that would help you? It doesn't work for everybody. Um let's see. I work outside the house twice a day, so mm-hmm. there I have working hours. It's not related to the job. It's not related to the business mm-hmm. that I'm trying to build. Um yeah. yeah, I think even if I yeah, make some even if it's just kind of like some small time set aside. Yeah. An hour. Yeah. Uh-huh. Two, you know, two hours, whatever it is, just so that it becomes a part of your, the routine of your day. Um, again, we're, humans are incredibly habitual creatures. So if we don't, you know, you already have a routine. You already have habits. They're just not working for you. So yeah. the key is to is to actually put in place different habits that will help you to, you know, grow. And the nice thing about having those dedicated working hours and, like, I'm the sort of person, I don't actually say what I'm going to be doing in that time. Like, I leave it flexible because some days I'll feel like doing one particular job and other days I'll feel like doing another job. As long as I'm doing something that's moving my business forward, that's what matters. So, yeah, yeah I think that would probably help a lot for you. Because mm-hmm. then you yeah. you train your brain. Go, hey, it's it's work time now. It's business time now. And that's really helpful because our brains like routine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I started. Um, I got an hour tracker app on a, mm-hmm. on my iPad, and when I start working, I I punch it in just so I can keep track. I mean, I think that's kind of helpful. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, whatever, whatever works. And sometimes tracking stuff can really help us change things. Um, mm-hmm. like I've got a I've got a Fitbit tracker that I wear because. I was realizing I wasn't moving enough during the day because, you know, I work at home. Literally, my commute is down the hallway. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it can, you know, and I sit at my computer. Even though I do exercise in the morning, I was just, I realized the rest of my day I was being way too sedentary. So it's something that helps me keep track and reminds me to move and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, whatever works. So we're running out of time. So let's move down to the last questions you've got here. Um, Your first question is, how do I know what who a good ideal customer would be. I would oh, want it to be someone Yeah. I want it to be someone who loves to buy a lot of soap or a few expensive bars. Uh your second question is related to that and it is do I need to change my logo if I figure out it doesn't mesh with my ideal customer? By the way, everyone listening, please chime in with your answers here. Um and third, should I consider taking business classes or an accounting class? Let's start at the bottom. Yes, if you feel like it would help you. If there's something in particular you feel like you don't have a handle on or that you don't understand and there's a class either online or in your city that teaches you that, then do it because, you know, it might cost a bit of money, but the investment is worth it in the long run because it can, you know, the whole point of doing a course or a class or anything is to cut down your development time and to cut down the time that you need to 
stuff out by yourself, right? So, Mm -hmm. yes, is the short answer. If you feel that there's something in particular that you will benefit from, then do it. Um, So that's that one. Uh, The other two, how do you know? Okay, well, you've you've already sold quite a lot of soap. So who are you selling to? Like who who is buying it? Well, um, a lot of those sales are um, sell in person from Etsy when I've had open houses, which means uh, friends, mostly people from community theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, my God. I saw your banner. Josie Chung's from Outer Space. My God, that's oh, my favorite yeah. X-Files episode ever. I used to love the X-Files. Like I was a huge yeah. X-Files fan. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. So that's okay. In your first podcast, I think you mentioned that you had a an X Files blog before there were blogs or, or mm-hmm. chat Yeah, so I knew My that. My very first website. Yep. Yeah. It was an X Files fan site. Yes. Exactly. Ah. I knew that you'd you'd uh, appreciate that. Yes, I totally did. So, um, so creative <laughs> types, artist types. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what about like age or lifestyle? Apart from that, are you do you have any clear idea of that? Um, it kind of runs the gamut because community theater runs kind of a, a range of ages. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so lifestyle. Um, people in Boulder generally are pretty active, but mm-hmm. uh, some of the people that love my soaps the most are not necessarily active. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, yeah. So are you going for the indulgence angle or the eco-friendly angle or the, like what's kind of, uh, what's your hook that you're trying mm. to get people in with? What is my hook? What is your unique um, selling point that sets you apart? <laughs> oh, goodness. Isn't that the question? Um, and if you don't know, figure it out. <laughs> I know exactly what's my hook, what's my selling point. Um, because until you, of, yeah, sorry, go I'm all over the place. Yeah, until you know that, you don't know who you're. You don't know. You can't communicate it to your customers, right? So right. until you know the answer to that question, you can't clearly communicate it through your marketing and your. Um, product descriptions and your photos. I mean, your photos are beautiful already. Okay. Like you're doing a really good job of that. Yeah. Um, and so that you know, that's the sort of that's the sort of thing you've got to be aware of. Um, you know, with the with your the name of your company and also like your logo, it's definitely got kind of a a foresty country um, cute sort of feel to it. So you know, it, it, you know, mountains is what comes to mind for me. Yeah. Um, I, I assume that's boulders and mountains. It's Colorado, isn't it? All mountains? I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it is. <laughs> yeah. So you know, that's the sort of thing you want to be aiming for. You know, is my what's my unique selling point? Who who would be um, interested by that? And is my marketing, my branding, and all of those sorts of things does that speak to those people? And if those things all work together, then you're going to be on the right track. But if they don't, then something needs to change. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's – it's not a question we can answer right now. However, yeah. there are a couple of workshops. I don't know if you've seen them already, but in the Thriver Circle, there is a workshop on this, on finding your ideal customer. Okay. So if you haven't done that, go do that one. Um, yeah. yeah, and that will help you get clear on a bit more of this sort of stuff. 
So, you know, find, the basic process is decide what your unique selling point is or your hook for your business. What's, what's the thing that sets you apart from other, other people? Um, and then who would, you know, who cares? Who cares about that thing? <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, who, who does it appeal to? Um, and it can, you know, our, our, unit, our ideal customer is not all of our customers, but you'll generally find over time there is a certain demographic of people who will keep coming back and buying from you. Mm-hmm. And you may have different product lines for whom there's a different demographic for each. And that's another thing to, that's a bit more complicated, but that's something to consider. Yeah. If you're like, if you're like, well, these sort of people are buying my soaps, but these sort of people are buying, you know, my bath bombs, then they don't really overlap. Well, that's okay as long as you're speaking to the right people in the right places. Right. So, yeah, that's the thing to think about. And then you can consider your logo um, if you feel like it needs to change then, yeah, sure, go for it. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's that's secondary to okay. the, the unique selling point and the ideal customer process. Cool. Right. <laughs> awesome. So that's most of it. Um, I, I like your, you know, just to finish up your strengths. High-quality soaps, your customers love them, you've got good customer service, um, and you know your product, Uh which is great, and you're down to earth, and you don't you don't overstate, you know what your products can do, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. I'm all for you know down to earth, realistic, honest selling, which is brilliant. So congratulations on that. Um, you know I think you're already looking really good. Like you know I said your your product photos and the fact you've already got sales under your belt and stuff like that. It's just kind of taking pushing things up to that next level and um, making sure you're on the right path and selling to the right, the right people for your product, uh, which you'll just figure out over time, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got f- 475 sales. Did somebody just buy stuff who's in the call? <laughs> you know what? I noticed I just earlier my my iPad was on and I saw some notifications from Etsy. I was like, huh, that's strange. <laughs> I'll look at that later. <laughs> if you did, that's wonderful of you. Good on you. That's, um, wow, thank you. Ju- <laughs> Judy, do you have any last questions for me before we finish up? Oh, or my comments? goodness. Um, well, I think I quit my day job too soon. I was thinking mm-hmm. well, maybe this is more of a comment than question, but um, I probably should consider some more employment until I really get this going. My husband's mm-hmm. between jobs and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, kind of difficult. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah I'm, I think if that's what you need to do for your family, then do it. Like, I'm I'm, I'm all for the whole, you know, quit quit your job, dream, do the dream, run a handmade business, but that doesn't work for everybody in all circumstances, you know, and I'm, again, there's another podcast episode, I think I did, what's it called, um, why you should keep your day job for now, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm I, all about practicality, and if you need to get a job, that's cool, do it, you know, because businesses take time to grow, and you, you can, you can grow them faster by putting more time into them and more effort into them, but you mm-hmm. can't game the system, like, there's only so much you can do to grow a business, with very limited capital. Like if you have heaps of money to pay for advertising and whatever, great, of course you can grow more quickly, but most of us don't. So yeah, I mean, as and just, if you have to get a job, get a job, And but just 
still set aside that time, dedicate yourself and say, even if it's half an hour a day to working on your business and, and still commit to it and keep, keep going and just keep doing those little bits every day. And, you know, the aim is that over time you'll be able to move back into just working on the business without, but, you know, if you've got the day job there, you can do it without the terrible stress of not having enough money, which right. is not good. <laughs> so... No, so I'm totally in, you know, if that's what's right for you guys right now, then do it. And it's not like, it's not, I think some people feel like it's giving up <laughs> if they're oh. like, you know, but it's not. It's just, it's just rolling with the punches of life and knowing that at this point in time, you need to do something and then that will change in future and that's okay. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the call. Um, thank you so much, Jess. You're very welcome. If you have any, fo- if you, yeah, it's great to talk to you too. If you have any follow-up um, questions or anything from this chat, even while we're still on the call or anything else, just don't hesitate to leave a question, um, you know, in the thread or pop it in the in the Facebook group. That's why it's there. Excellent. Thanks, G. Thank you so much. <laughs> bye bye. Good night. <laughs> bye. Good night. Huge thanks to Judy for allowing me to share that episode with the world. Um, You know, it can be a little bit scary to put yourself out there and share your challenges, but it's vulnerability, but it's also the strength in vulnerability. That's how you get help. That's how you get support is by finding a safe community, a safe space to share these things and get that support and help when you need it. So thank you again, Judy, for allowing me to share that. I really, really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed that and you would like a chance to perhaps do your own business intensive with me, uh, don't miss the next opening of the Thriver Circle, which is happening the first week of July 2017. If you're listening to this later, (laughs) I like to put those dates in just in case. Um, So yeah, head on over to the brand new Thriver Circle website, thrivercircle.com, where you'll see all of the stuff that you get for being a part of the circle, all of the membership benefits, you know, access to heaps of workshops, monthly projects, calls, chats, and all sorts of stuff. There's heaps of benefits. Of course, the community is the most important thing, and it's full of hundreds of amazing, dedicated makers just like you who are you know, learning how to build a thriving handmade business. So go check that out, thrivercircle.com. And I will be back again next week with another episode, as always, of the Create and Thrive podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It's an honor to be here in your ears, sharing my knowledge with you and hopefully helping you build a thriving handmade business. I'm Jess Vanden and goodbye for now.